surround yourself with positivity and see the wonders it'll do for you like i keep like around me people who are close to me are some of the people who are very critical towards me but it's always so that i do better i stop making mistakes like the reason i got sick with covid is i went out late night with friends non cycling friends and i got sick i was like training my load was low my immunity was down i should not be in a pub with friends like you know this is a stupid thing and they gave my uh, friends gave me like the people who keep me on check gave me shit for it they're like what's wrong with you you're 6 weeks out from probably the biggest race that you're going to take part in this year but then at the same time criticize but also support like they gave me the the tools the like steps the support the help whatever i needed in order to achieve this like this medal is not my medal this is our medal I am Baiki Vinki and this is the Working Athlete podcast. Here I talk to working athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips, time management and lifestyle advice. If this is something that interests you, please make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any future episodes. Today's guest, Joel Sundaram started cycling just about 2 years ago. He is now one of the fastest cyclists in India. If the results at the recently concluded national games in Gujarat is anything to go by, he is probably the fastest the third fastest cyclist in the country and is fast improving. His first episode on the podcast, episode number 60 is one of the most watched and listened episodes. on this podcast there we covered his transformational journey from being a overweight college kid who was addicted to video games to riding into the top 10 at his very first cycling nationals in less than a year if you haven't heard that episode yet i would highly recommend that you listen to that as well in this episode we talk about the last 10 months of progression since the last time we spoke We talked extensively about how getting a coach helped his cycling progression and his learnings from going to the Asian Championships as well as his medal winning performance at the National Games where he finished third in the individual time trial. He also shared the details of the road race at the National Games where his teammate Srinath Lakshmikant won his first medal as well it is always great fun talking to joel and hear him share the racing stories i hope you would enjoy this as much as i did with that let us get into my conversation with joel sundaram welcome to the working athlete podcast uh, joel thank you thank you good to be back yes good to be back with you yeah. um I wanted to use this opportunity to talk about um, first of all congratulations Thank on you. the on your first medal yeah it feels good yeah yeah <laughs> definitely definitely feels good so i want to use this opportunity to talk about that experience yeah. um the national games yeah the bronze medal at the national games the first ever medal uh, for you at the at that level yeah right <clears throat> and also uh from whatever has transpired from you know the last time we spoke yeah. uh, on the podcast so the, let us start by uh, you know 
talking about uh, that when we start when we talked last time yeah. you you were until then you were on your own correct right um and you were just about to you were talking to you know you were looking for coaches correct. and you were talking to them yeah. so f- from then on to now yeah. right how many months has it been 10 months since Ten. i've been coached yeah. yeah so you started coaching uh, you know you started working with a coach yeah. the last 10 months correct uh, so what what are the key learnings from that period to now you think the biggest difference like when having a coach is not having to worry about what workout is next like like i remember if you like last time we spoke i was telling you about a really twisted way of how i was getting workouts like garmin base workout then take that put it in training peaks edit the workout then put it back on garmin and it was like really messed up and then thinking oh maybe this workout is not right maybe this workout doesn't suit this day you know there's a little bit of you you doubt the pattern because first of all i'm setting it for myself i have the ability to say oh i'll do this tomorrow or i'll do it day after yeah but now when you have a coach he's got this timeline that he wants you to follow mm. right and you've got to stick to it in order to achieve what he set out for you to achieve so that i find is like the biggest advantage of having a coach and then secondly it's someone who has been in the sport in the industry for way longer than you have the amount of knowledge that he or she has collected over their time in the industry is like you can't even compare it to my one year of youtube and google like you know that's how that's my experience like that knowledge that they're able to give you like it's like a lifetime's worth of knowledge which is something th- which is why you pay a premium for coaches and uh, finding the right coach really helps um, up your level like you know there's only so much you can do on your own like i said last time but once once i got the coach in ah oh, it's like mentally like let alone physically mentally i feel so much stronger just knowing that there's someone back there who's like knows exactly which trajectory my workouts are going and he's like pathed out everything and i just need to follow it that's it yeah so there there are a couple of uh, threads there right yeah. uh, the um the decision fatigue correct getting out of your uh, uh, you know it's completely taken out yeah. like we're worrying about which workout to do now what is right for yeah. uh, uh, this stage of the uh, you know my plan am i on the correct path correct. or not all these confusions no, there's, there's a lot of self doubt obviously yeah. because you're setting up and you know you always think oh what is this like i something i found that i was doing a lot last year that i really have done this year is comparing my workouts to other athletes workouts you know you try and compare and you see oh they're doing this maybe i should do this and since you're creating your own workouts like subconsciously even if you don't want to you start incorporating some of their workouts into yours which is doesn't work like not all athletes are the same you know there are different parameters different ways of living that we have which makes certain workouts suit someone and certain workouts like doesn't suit you so that's something that i don't even look at now i don't bother what anyone else is doing because i know what i'm doing is correct like according to my coach and i and i believe in it so i just go and do it yeah yeah that is uh, that is a big thing and also another thing is uh, like you said the amount of experience yeah, that correct. they bring right yeah. so immediately you are 
you know you, you just bought that yeah. experience yeah. to to yourself yeah. you know you could have, you at that time you were like one year into the yeah, one year into know, sport, yeah. sport. Yeah. so from then to uh, you know say that to that one year the 20 years of the experience 20, or whatever 40, yeah. yeah 20 years 40 yeah. years of experience that the coach brings in yeah. adds to that right Correct. And immediately it becomes your experience. Correct. So you benefit from that. Yes. That's one of the biggest advantages of getting a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So that, that is uh, one thing, right? So from then on, like what changed specifically in your training? Uh, So last, so let's say I started working in January with my coach, shout out to my coach Folker from uh, Peaks Coaching Group uh yeah uh really really great guy but yeah so in january we started uh working together did a couple of baseline tests when i was in uti set the bar then um yeah february came around and i got a call uh saying that i was uh, selected for the uh, nis national institute of sports the patiala camp which was gonna be before they selected the uh team for the asian road cycling championships so, okay, pack up everything, head over to Patiala, which like, I mean, I'm one month into a new coach and like, I'm telling him, hey, I'm going to this. I don't know what's going to happen. They're going to give me some random workouts. So he said, don't worry, we'll figure it out. Just go. So went there and uh, yeah, I spoke to the coaches there, like immediately. And I said, hey, I'm working with someone. I'm paying this guy quite a bit of money. I'd like to do some of his workouts. That was the first thing I said <laughs> and they were like, uh, what's wrong with you kind of a thing. But then over time, you know, like they sort of understood that, okay, this guy is actually paying th- that person. And th- at first it was like online coaching, like making fun of me. Oh, online coaching, online coaching. But I like just sticking with it. So we'd all like head out together, but I do my own workouts and then we'd all come back together. So that, that was an interesting experience having to battle. Uh, a very modern, up-to-date coaching uh, program versus something that is more traditional, more like, which yeah. is like you know that is that which something they have been doing for like, years. And there's, and there's two sides to it. Like yeah. you know, where in the we have this privilege of being able to afford power meters. You know, uh, people who have years of training at like the highest level and you know being coached by some of the greats so like that information that trickle down information is what we've able to advance but like still right now uh people still train to like speed and uh, cadence which isn't efficient but it used to get the job done so have having to battle with that training method versus you know what we now look at the data and analyze everything and predict patterns and trends and whatnot tss ctl atl all the jargon but yeah like battling those completely contrasting uh, coaching methods was something that i found quite challenging yeah no, that is interesting uh, point you made uh, yeah. about the affordability makes a huge, huge, diff- huge. you know yeah. huge uh, it plays a huge role in the methods that they are Correct. employing right yeah. so if you are not able to lot of them yeah. they they don't have power meters yeah, they, yeah. you know For sure. so i mean before nj was here they didn't even know what power meters were, yeah right and if we have we see in the last four or five years a lot more almost anyone who cycles like yeah. here, at least in south india i know has a power meter yeah so it's... you know but 
ट्रेडिशनली देर इज नो कॉन्सेप्ट ऑफ पॉवर मेटर एंड ट्रेनिंग टू पॉवर जोन्स एंड ऑल दैट एंड इट it was it is something to do with the affordability as oh, well 100% right? cycling yeah. is one of the hardest sports in terms of like uh cost to get into like say football you need a football uh basketball you need a basketball right. cycling you need pedals kit cleats the handlebar won't fit you change the handlebar seat is not fitting bum is hurting change the seat there is so many different variables to cycling like the power meter i use right now cost more than my first road bike brand new <laughs> yeah. like and i got this first road bike not 5 years ago 2 years ago so it's like you know you have to look at the perspective of like it's not the most easily accessible sport if you want to be comp- competitive at a, as a reasonable level so like yeah so people still stick to the more traditional ways of uh, coaching up there which is like speed and cadence but we're seeing this trend that now like uh like what i noticed from the guys up there is most of them have power meters on their bike they yeah. have it they have yeah. it there but they just have no idea what the number means mm. like once i think in the next 5 years 6 years maybe that knowledge starts being implemented into the coaching that they're following and if that happens man the jump in performance is going to be insane because they're able to achieve so much by just looking at 50 mm. 50 you have to go 50 120 cadence mm. that is like the the biggest thing that like you have to go at 50 you have to go at 50 and it like, doesn't matter if the road's going up or going down 50 yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. you train to you go at 50 and uh, yeah if they implement power and like start leveraging the vast amount of information there is there yeah things are going to take off very quickly yeah. but yeah only time will tell so you were uh, able to uh, during the camp you were able to uh, do your own plan yeah sort of more, more or less more or less yeah uh, with the with the consent of the coaches there and Correct. stuff and uh, um, that kind of uh, led you to asian championships is yeah, it yeah so we had uh, at start of march this year we had uh, the selection trials for what would be the team for the to represent india at the asian road cycling championships it was going to be a tt on the same course as last year's nash like same same road similar conditions in uh, pehova haryana and so yeah we loaded our bikes on a truck from nis and it was supposed to be uh, sort of semi close semi open trials so people who were deserving a shot like if you placed in the top 10 or something at nats you could try out for uh, you know to potentially be selected for the team so there was a handful of uh, really strong riders there um some and under 23 guys as well uh but yeah i was battling a, a bit of a weird uh, stomach bug i mean it might it might have been multiple things a uh, change in food i have never lived with someone that i have never like i have i've never met like before it's always i've always lived with my family or with friends or like people i grew up with like i was thrown into an environment for two months where i knew nobody and right. nobody spoke english so my hindi got better that was one thing <laughs> but yeah nobody spoke english and it was just i it was very stressful but i am i'm very glad that i did it right. like i've made some good friends with people there like people who call me still weekly or i call them and we just chat and talk it's it's nice but yeah dealing with that stress then the change in food food was very good but something in my stomach did not agree with the food uh and then just the environment and everything that came with it yeah i i wasn't like i wasn't in the best shape but then the the trials happened and uh 
I came fourth. So it was supposed to be the top six get selected. It was an ITT, which was uh, sadly not towards like people who are sprinters or stuff like that. So they couldn't really have a chance. Uh, but yeah, so I came fourth in that. Um, so yeah, I technically got selected for the team. And um, the, the event that they wanted me to take part in was the team time trial, which was uh, going to be a 42 kilometer uh, race and which has, you know, six people start, four people uh, finish, on, which is like the standard. Right. Uh, so yeah, we started training together. Arvind came to the camp and, you know, we were doing our TTT training on the road. And around that time, I was in the hunt for a bike. Mm. Yeah. So up till that point, I was using a Leander's felt. Um, it's an old frame. And although the geometry of it is UCI legal, it doesn't have that sticker on it because yeah. it's from a previous time. Like the, the, the rules have changed so much that the geometry is now UCI legal. It maybe it wasn't three years back, right. but it now is, yeah. but I don't, didn't have that sticker on it. So like it was a no go, like you can't use it at a UCI le level event. Mm. So I was in the hunt for a new bike and having to do that while do training was a bit like, you know, hard. So I was uh, skipping out on a few training sessions. Once I did get the bike, I had to go to Chandigarh to get it set up and everything. And then, yeah, so still I was like, you know, okay, I'll use this as a taper, you know, right. just do one hard workout every couple of days and I should be fine. Uh, but then uh, the, the day before we fly out, uh, we get this new WhatsApp uh, file, uh, which has been forwarded from CFI to us. And everything looks normal. Like we've got a file like this, which shows us the UCI rules on how to set up your bike, the course, the teams that are entering, where you'll be staying, you know, just the general guideline of what's going to happen. Right. Then like page six, seven, there was one small change. That small change was a huge change. So the 42 kilometer ITT was cut down to 24 kilometers, which means instead of six people starting and four finishing. Uh, you're talking about TTT. T sorry, TTT, yeah. not ITT. Yeah. ITT was actually increased ITT was 21 kilometers which mm. they made 24 yeah. yeah so the TTT was cut down from 42 kilometers to 21 kilometers 20 24 kilometers which means now four people start and three people finish so the like the coaches were like spontaneous okay we're gonna do a TTT mock and like whoever doesn't perform is not in the team right. <laughs> I'm, I'm like i haven't been trading because i've been trying to set up my bike yeah. and this was like a huge shock so now i had set up this new bike and was like trying to get used to it but i have never ridden it so then that night i sat up and like dismantled it completely put the parts back on the felt so because i need to perform right so but yeah, eventually it just turned out to be too much for me. I didn't make the team long story short, right. which, uh, yeah, but, uh, they had booked the tickets. They had booked the excess baggage. They had booked everything. So yeah. I was going in the capacity of a reserve. Yeah. Yeah. You went there as a reserve, but you know, and, uh, you ended up, uh, you know, there as a support to the rest yeah. of the team, which is which is uh, you know great i think uh, in terms of what the you know soaking in the environment yeah. you know the experience what goes in at that level asian level yeah. what are the what is the competition like and yeah, all yeah. that you got to see that right i mean as sick as the story would have been you know one year of competitive cycling and i've already like riding no i mean you I, it's, it's disappointing when you're told you're, you've made the team you're preparing and then you're told you're not in the team it was it was very disappointing but then after going there and seeing like what the level of competition was, I realized that 
I I made a post about this on my Instagram. Being able to go reasonably fast in a straight line does not translate into cornering in the skis, dealing with wet patches of road, getting guttered <laughs> with 40 km an hour crosswinds. Right. Like these are skills that you need to learn. Just being able to go out, make a U-turn after eight kilometers, come back and do that three times, isn't going to <laughs> make no, you fast yeah, in those yeah. conditions. But it was a good, like you know, eye-opening experience to see what competing at the highest level takes. Like the guy who won the the ITT, it's a twenty twenty-two year old uh, Kazaki guy, just became world champion at the under twenty-three road race. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> we have world champions taking part there. So yeah, one year of cycling was not that was not my place to be. But yeah. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I was able to see from a third. party point of view all the mistakes that were made all the things that could be done better you know there's a lot of inefficiency in the way we do things but like being able to witness it without it directly affecting me was good like it's a good learning experience and i'm taking that as it was yeah, yeah. Def- definitely a great like learning experience yeah. i could imagine and you know it, maybe it was a blessing in disguise for oh, you 100%. Uh, because it is easy for you to be there and uh, you know uh, look at all that yeah. and get that negatively impact I as well like right i think like the position i was in is a very unique position i don't think anyone has gone and not ridden yeah yeah you know so like i got the i got the chance to like support the boys for their ttt supported nj for his itt um but yeah i saw the mistakes they made as well and like the biggest takeaway i have from that is if you're going to be serious about time trialing set up your bike in a uci legal position at least 10 months prior yeah. don't be cutting your skis the day before your event don't be adding spaces the day before your event Obviously don't be change. moving your saddle the day before your event like these are things all these things i saw happen like just because uh, i don't know why it's not drilled in that a uci legal position is required maybe because like the last few nationals the way that they check the position hasn't been you know very uh, strict hmm. uh, but like i made it a point that i was going to get my position all measured up and uh, you know make sure i was comfortable in that position it's it'll be 100% uncomfortable at start but like you do it over time you get comfortable like these guys were moving their saddles 10 10 mm back and like moving their raising their skis by like 2 cm big changes huge changes like 2 3 mm in your shrug makes a huge difference they're moving it centimeters how do you expect to to put out power when you're doing this like you know you can't it's impossible which is like which paid like you know which paid off when at national games my bike check took 5 seconds i went there i told the guy the commissaire my height i told him how far back my saddle was from the center of the bottom bracket and what the tip of the skis to my center of the bottom bracket was he just put it against the little jig thing that they made and he was like he just put the ruler put the ruler he's like okay go <laughs> that's it yeah, whereas yeah. people were with spanners and like allen keys raising lowering moving back moving forward you know doing that when you are about to go in 5 minutes mm. it's like whether you like it or not it's going to mess with your head definitely so, yeah. definitely yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that was the biggest thing i learned from that like just watching the guys cutting their skis oh, it's funny but yeah, sad at the same time yeah 
No, that that is, uh, you know, you learn a lot of things. Yeah. You know, you learn the way the uh, the persons like uh, the world champion. Uh, you know, you see them up close and see the preparation yeah. that kind of uh, they do before and you know. All yeah. That so so well, right? so what what like one of the biggest differences I saw is uh, uh, how little the athletes have to do before getting on the bike. Like for example, the the Kazakhstan team is uh, the Astana Pro team. Like they had their pro mechanics, they had hired two vehicles. Like they actually drove a vehicle from Kazakhstan to Tajikistan, and they just had everything set up. So while we were all individually working on our bikes in our little room, there were two Kazakh mechanics who, like within an hour, assembled. 16 bikes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 16 identical bikes and just watching them he like like so basically the washing station was just outside where our thing was set up. Uh, so he would just bring one bike at a time, sit, wash it, set it up, go. Bring the next one, wash it, set it up, go. Like it was just so I don't know, like I don't know how to explain it. So drilled down, he knew exactly what he had to do, had to do and I'm sure he had the measurements for each individual athlete and matched that all up. Like and these guys like the next morning just came, opened the door. Oh, oh that's my bike, took their bike. And just rode. Whereas we're there sitting, assembling. Oh shit! Allen key is missing. Oh, find this. Ah, forgot to bring Tox key. And Jay, do you have Tox? <laughs> we're sitting and doing that. <laughs> Whereas you know, it's like these small, small things add up. Like yeah. having to worry about your bike and setting it up means there's that's uh, less time that you're off your feet. Mm. You know, you're not sitting and relaxing. You're not getting a massage. You're not foam rolling. You're you're crouching and working on your bike. So those are like small, small differences. which eventually affect your performance whether you like it or not mm. so yeah it's yeah. interesting to see how uh, people approach things definitely yeah. definitely so you came mm. back from that experience yeah. and then uh, you know um uh, from there to now yeah. the uh was there a national games in uh, nationals in between no no no, no. So, so that was like the last uh, big mm. event so that was in march hmm. so then we came back and i've had this uh, i've had a horrible year and it comes to like i hit a good new level of fitness and then just plummets after that hmm. so i hit a very good level of fitness whilst in tajikistan like i hit my best 10 minute power my best 15 minute power my best 5 minute power all in the day before we left and then it fell two reasons why uh number one lot of travel and everything ended up falling sick a uh, little, little sick but not too bad second reason was um so the tajikistan is to the west of india right and to the east is countries like dubai india uh uh japan uh china i mean pakistan bangladesh everybody's to the east okay so when we flew out everybody took the same exact flight that's 150 athletes with let's say two bikes each and dubai had three teams so two three bikes each yeah it wasn't fitting on the flight so our bikes never made the flight so wow. yeah <laughs> so we boarded the plane and our bikes never made it uh so i only ended up getting my bike three weeks later and three weeks of not riding fitness plummets that goes yeah, yeah. so that's another thing i learned when you're traveling by air there are three things that you cannot borrow from anyone your shoes your helmet and okay let's say four your shoes your helmet your pedals because that's my power meter and kit yeah. so now every time i travel 
my shoes are in my bag my helmet is outside my bag strapped on my pedals are in the bag because battery and i have two sets of kit at least in my bag because you can always borrow someone else's bike like some medium whatever and adjust a few things but those particular things you can't borrow so that's one another big thing i learned which uh, yeah made me now makes me more prepared for you know it's like plan for the worst hope for the best is <laughs> exactly. the scenario now yeah. that uh, you have to follow but yeah so the fitness was just plummeting and then every time i rebuild so like after that we had uh, the kolar express race here so i rebuilt reached another new, new level of fitness then a couple of back to back races then had a crash and then hurt my rib again plum- fitness plummeted where was this crash tmc crit my tire exploded <laughs> Oh yeah 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 I remember I was an eyewitness to that last lap <laughs> last lap Miron and me like sprinting for the line about to put down power tap oh it was a, it was a bad oh one. no I I I was you know that was like great timing to yeah. the last corner La- you know before the uh, sprint yeah and i boom. boomed it across the line boom yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you were you were you were walking across, running to the oh, finish I was line so much pain but i was like run 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 so i was like okay i'll also run i'll run <laughs> i mean but we were like we had a huge lead but yeah it was it was still unfortunate so then after that boom fitness drop yeah. i got sick we had a race in kerala mm. like uh, just was horrible like i hit my all time highest 1 hour heart rate mm. which is 200 beats for 1 hour whoa yeah 200 beats for 1 hour at like zone 2 power <laughs> oh yeah, my yeah. god yeah so yeah. that kerala race it was very humid and everything but i i knew i was sick i just wanted to like ride and see like help uh, the guy shrinath ben shaurya who we all went down for the race but yeah 200 beats for 1 hour that is my uh, crazy i've got a very high the heart rate threshold But yeah then that happened then uh, after that was like rebuilding from that and then again reached a very strong level I had uh, your uh, uh, bar uh, 24k uh, ITT, ITT yeah. yeah planned to do it on my TT bike then realized I had a crack in the TT bike so I was like you know what I'll do it Mercs <laughs> deal with the TT bike later did that hit some another good power numbers covid <laughs> oh yeah 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 so oh, you had covid yeah, right yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah it was horrible out for 2 weeks uh for 3 to 4 days of like 103 temperature it was it was horrible and this is like with one month to go to national games so around that time before the bar national games dates were announced uh, like where location everything so in Correct. the prep up to that it was just it was like at that point i was like what am i doing i just felt that because every time i'm reaching a new like if you look at my training peaks graph it's like tajikistan high then plummet okay then we're building up slowly another high plummet okay we're going even higher now plummet and now we're like even higher i said uh, it's just like i thought i was like ah what is happening right now so uh, yeah it took it took it took me some time to you know get back into wanting to train my heart out like my coach told me take two weeks completely off don't do anything he told me like with covid recover fully i said no what endurance only, maintenance you know we only to i mean maybe four five weeks so we had to six the weeks six weeks to national six games. weeks to national yeah. games you were asked to take two, two weeks, weeks off, off completely off wow. do nothing yeah. I, i was like what he's like trust me it might seem like long take it off so i was like okay two weeks off i did like one small ride uh so nandini had come to train over here so i was riding behind her because new to bangalore roads and everything so I, like just giving her directions of how to train i was dying i was behind her like 160 watts dying <laughs> so then i thought like, okay let's take rest again but then 
after that the first uh two weeks after when i was fully recovered was just base like just endurance ride just ride 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 get that base that is already there back up there mm. there is a lot of muscle memory left in the legs right like especially with covid the first thing to go is your aerobic system lungs are gone yeah. but there is muscle memory there mm. so bring back that base so that's what i did i did two weeks of endurance in those two weeks i think i did a thou- total of in two weeks a total of 1200 kilometers one week was like 750 kilometers i did oh. in one week so nice. there was a lot yeah. of riding and uh, it helped it exactly so i was off for two weeks so the 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 like let's say the like the eyeballing like the way they say it is double the amount of time that you're off you'll get back to your fitness that you were at so two weeks off and then four weeks of training i was back to exactly where i left off exactly like to the number of like the ctl on on training peaks to the exact number to the fatigue number i was exactly back to where Brilliant. i left off yeah and i i i couldn't believe it like because i was so doubtful at the start when someone says take two weeks off i'm hesitant to take two days off the bike they say take two weeks off so that was something that was like really eye opening as to how much recovering fully you need to like recover fully before you get back into training because if you go in half assed you're not going to be able to hit the workout you're just going to get disappointed morale is going to go down and it's just a slippery slope from there yeah. so you recover fully like you start building trust the process and then you you start seeing the numbers come back up again you know that that is a big 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 thing right yeah. uh trusting the process and you know giving time yeah to recover fully 100% giving yeah. ourselves time to recover fully you know that happens in various scenarios yeah. and that's more all the more important in uh, you know situation like covid mm. where the after effects are not fully understood no. you know a lot of people had like you know heart rates going through the roof oh, yeah. mm. uh, you know for months together yeah and you know just because i mean look at sunny colbrelli yeah had a cardiac arrest after crossing the line yeah. just because he didn't take enough time off oh my god i yeah. was that was scary to watch i watched i remember watching that uh, race and like i'm watching at least watching twitter updates and it's like sunny colbrelli collapses <laughs> after a sprint and then you're just like oh dear right and then this had happened like i think the year before that in football the danish uh, football player collapsed in the middle of the the field Yeah. and like he literally his heart stopped they had to revive him it's scary like the side effects are there we don't know what's happening so it's so important so so important take to the time off right if, if if it's anything to do with your your lungs your heart just rest yeah your body needs to rebuild the strength and yeah you know it it is also you know it's very common in with injuries as well yeah. you know when after i crashed i want i'm eager <laughs> yeah. to get back you yeah. know because i i because i am at that level yeah most know, of us are used to riding 6 days a week yeah and you're telling us to not ride for months no not happening <laughs> so it like i was desperate and you know also we were kind of addicted to those endorphins oh, for know? sure and i i wasn't feeling well so yeah. we want to get out and ride and all that i even i kind of uh, hurried it by a, a few a couple of weeks and uh, pain ah. <laughs> you know came back <laughs> home and then said realized that it is too soon no 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 let's just sit yeah, down yeah let's just sit, sit down for another yeah. two weeks and 
focused on rehab you know yeah. getting the mobility back getting the strength back because it's very disheartening when you eventually do get in that first ride and you just look at the numbers like ha huh? <laughs> where i was <laughs> where am i now yeah but uh, yeah you that go- is um, it's it's a mental battle and mm. this and again this is where like having a coach is mm. very important if yeah. i was on my own training i would have been panicking ah for my for five weeks to national games what am i going to do yeah. but the coach said relax just just get this out of the way like he had also just recovered from covid and he's in germany mm. so he was like ah, ah this is going to be a tough one so he said it straight up this is going to yeah. be a tough one but you just need to relax rest and then just take it step by step slowly and then he, one thing he made very clear is tell i uh, mean to tell him exactly how i felt after every single workout so one of the workouts where it was like the heart rate would like rise and then i'd stop pedaling and it would just stay there it's not coming back down so like <laughs> i told him that and he's like yeah yeah immediately stop relax like you know recover fully and like even if you don't complete the workout it's fine mm. just just don't overstrain yourself like it's a very very right it's like a very there's a very fine line between um, getting in a good workout and pushing yourself so hard too early and uh, again the consequences from that we have no idea what they are right, so right definitely so you uh, you took a, with 6 weeks to go you took yeah. a couple of weeks off yeah. and then uh, you did a couple of weeks of base like 1200 yeah. so uh, kilometers even like stuff. before when i took off right so uh, like a couple of we've had like a uh, couple of races like we had the kolar uh, express then we've had the bbch classic 160k and in all those races every time you do it you learn something new uh and me this is like something that i already knew my fatigue resistance is horrible mm-hmm. like very very bad i can i'll be fine for an hour and a half two hours you push it past two hours i start suffering a little bit and uh, that was something i wanted to build on and we're not used to riding those longer distances like if you look at the world championships road race distance it's 200 kilometers plus oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> and it's a race like and you know if you look at the like stage races in the tour de france or wherever tour of britain it's like 161 like these are singular days next day they're doing the same thing and for us like we don't even do that once a month so the thing we made shari and i made it a thing to do at least a 160 plus kilometer ride every week hmm. every week and uh, and that that came in very handy like the first first time we did it we stopped like three times at every single shell we saw we stopped ate drank everything second time we did it we stopped twice once to fill water once to get snacks right. third time we did we did really fast on the way out stopped and then came back so this was something we learned quickly and this was when the winds in bangalore were also like sideways if right. you're going on the cross. airport road cross full cross 30, 20, 25 to 30 kilometers cross then we learned okay let's learn how to ride in a crosswind so we weren't riding behind each other so if i was in the front shaurya was riding at where my elbow was mm. and he was doing 150 watts less than i was right so that's Makes a huge difference huge yeah? difference yeah. knowing exactly where to position yourself in certain winds which is like another one thing that i i saw happen in asia it's like the kazaki guy if there's a median here the kazaki guy was riding here yeah. and the winds were coming like this right nobody is getting any draft everyone's doing exactly the same effort here you go 1 cm to your left your pedal is hitting the curb right right so these are skills you have to learn you know need to practice so fatigue resistance built up on that getting the endurance the mileage up built up on that learning how to ride in crosswinds built on that these are all like small skills that i knew i did not have hmm. which we made it a, made it a point to learn right 
getting the you the position you see illegal that i was doing on the trainer right. like just making sure and there's so much that goes into it yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some days i'll be like this yeah. completely stiff can't move your head this way or that way but these are things you have to do right. in order to perform at at a good level mm-hmm. so yeah so you're working on that and then uh, like you said uh, coming back to after uh, covid uh, yeah it was like a couple of weeks i think it was one and a half weeks of hard short tt work and at this point my tt bike still had a crack in it <laughs> so it's like oh okay two weeks out from the That's national the games handlebar. the yeah. handlebar yeah so um there's like a hole for where the di2 cable comes out and i think there was a, like a stress fracture that just happened on that and uh, i had been hunting for like a bar so the way the bar is you can't just change the bar unless it's the like for like identical one because the way the cockpit is set up mm. so if i was if i didn't find that merida bar i have to change the entire cockpit and to get something that's half decent i'm spending close to a lakh yeah man ridiculously <laughs> expensive these cockpits and stuff yeah it's like start crying thinking about it <laughs> a lakh you want me to spend a lakh on this but then i was hunting for this merida bar i dm'd as many people as i knew who had the exact same bike as me and i uh, wanted to ask where how and then some people helped uh they gave me options but nobody was able to get that identical bar and uh, i didn't like i've spent 10 months perfecting my position on this cockpit now two weeks out or even two months out i don't want to change that so huh, i did something which a lot of people recommended that i do not do Uh, I did my own carbon repair. <laughs> How? <laughs> so there's a uh, there's this website uh, which is called carboncomposites.in or something. You buy, uh, they give you a three by three sheet of three three foot by three foot sheet of uh, carbon weave, and uh, they give you the hardener and they give you the epoxy. Mm. and instruction manual on how to how to uh, do they give you the gloves they give you the cups they give you the mixing thing they give you the ratios everything just follow the instructions and do it right i watched hours of videos before this so like try at your own risk <laughs> but uh, so the so uh, one of the things that they say not to repair is a handlebar never repair a handlebar because it is one of the only places on your bike which is constantly under load mm. right So that would be true for a road bike. No matter where there's a crack on a road bike bar, you don't repair it because right. there is load on it. You're holding it. You, there is there is force that goes in when you sprint, when you stand, when you're riding, even when you're yeah, just placing so, it there. Right. Exactly. But this is a TT bike at the base bar. Hmm. The only time I'm in the base bar is at the start, at the U-turns. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm in the skis, right? Correct. So this is why I took the risk. because i i weighed the pros and cons 1 lakh <laughs> versus you you won't guess how much this carbon thing costs 1.5k that's it wow that's actually how much carbon should cost not lakhs but uh-huh. yeah 1.5k for the whole kit uh that versus me like potentially the having a catastrophic failure and crashing but the way the place the crack was uh there wasn't actually i wasn't putting too much load in that but only issue was it was right where the brake slash uh, shifter thing was mm. so what i did was got it everything did my research watched like five to six videos each 20 30 minutes long on how exactly different methods of doing it and so on and so forth and just follow different the instructions yeah yeah so yeah. yeah you sand it down uh put a layer of epoxy plus hardener 
wait an hour then you start layering carbon weaves so you cut them out three inches by however much you want and then you layer epoxy hardener layer epoxy hardener layer epoxy hardener then wrap it up super tight and leave it for one day yeah and then i took it off and it was done it was like i pushed pulled slapped hit it did not budge it right. did not budge at all cool so yeah. then like just sort of like lightly finished it off because again i'm putting like grip tape underneath it doesn't yeah. have to look pretty it just yeah. has to hold me for the total 15 seconds that i'll be holding it 15 yeah. seconds just used to work for 15 seconds yeah and then it did it it worked perfectly fine and uh, yeah unless until i get a replacement of exactly that i'm not changing <laughs> <laughs> no as long as it is working yeah it works yeah, it works yeah. really well. like i t- i put as much force into it as i could and it did not budge yeah. like it's something that you know i in me doing this research i re- i learned that is actually easier to repair carbon than it is alloy aluminum Yeah, yeah yeah it's easier and safer to repair a carbon bike like carbon is like, oh, such a brittle substance it's not it's one of the strongest materials there is if done right, right. aluminum you it's like a huge process to repair something if there's a crack in your mm-hmm. aluminum frame yeah just to kind of uh, also a, a little bit of perspective there is that you know when you are repairing a frame yeah. carbon frame and stuff oh don't do it <laughs> no 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 so i mean even give it we, to professionals give to do. It, yeah. even when you give it to professionals they kind of give um, a, a caveat saying that see this part that we are repairing is going to be way stronger than the rest of the correct frame. correct right because when carbon frames are designed right they are designed one with stiffness in mind in one area and in another area which would be very close to that stiffness area compliance in mind right. so it'll be like there are some frames where you can like press and the carbon will just squish but that's on purpose right. it's designed for there to be a little bit of comfort and compliance in that area but on the other hand it'll be like super hard yeah. you can't do anything to it so now when you're repairing it you're putting an even layer of carbon around that certain area it'll be super stiff super strong super stiff and it will affect the you know the entire ride the of the bike of the ride of the bike yeah. they so that you need to be aware of yeah. and it can lead to some other complications correct well. correct so there is so you... many like asterisks yeah. next to that asterisk asterisk yeah the potentials are huge right. but i knew in the scenario that i was going to use it 15 seconds Mm. is all that i needed for it to work yeah. when i start when i u turn and that's it that's all i needed for it to work and it did its job and yeah super <laughs> so you 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 got the bike ready yeah. and you made it to uh the national games so, yeah so this yeah. whole time it, it wasn't like i wasn't training on my tt bike yeah. my tt bike was on my trainer indoors and mm. i was like constantly so the moment i felt sick like i realized there was only so much that i was going to gain in so little time like fitness wise like say when with your power your your predicted tt power like say for example is like 310 315 and then it comes down to like 290 295 you're like ah 20 watts is gone but then something that i've uh, been looking into and if you look at the trend that things are going aero is uh, everything Yeah. So nobody now when it comes to time trials flat or rolling time trials watts per kilo is not even a factor anymore. Nobody right. cares about yeah. how much yeah. you weigh. It doesn't matter. The only reason it would matter is the size of your body. If you weigh a lot more, your size of your body is going to be bigger. The CDA. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's yeah. watts per CDA, which is the coefficient of drag. Mm. Right. So how much of your body is hitting the wind straight on? And this is I love talking about this because Shaurya 
is doing his PhD in fluid dynamics, yeah. which is exactly that. <laughs> so we're two of the biggest nerds when it comes to like position on the bike. Like sometimes we just watch like pros, <laughs> like what is this useless position? <laughs> But yeah, so I made it a point uh, to make sure that my position on the bike was like as good as I could get it. Like last year at Nats, I felt it was it was it was pretty pretty decent. Like best there was on the day at the course. Now I like made it a point to make it even better. So on the TT bike, what I would do was I brought my elbow pads in closer, which mm-hmm. made my shoulders come in more. And then uh, I dropped uh, one of the spacers, so it went lower. But at the same time, I would wo- I was working on my shrug. So you shrug up. you slot your head in this little slot that it uh, creates that your traps create and then your helmet connects onto your back your back yeah, yeah. very very well very it sits flush mm. so that was what i was working on and the difference between a position that is relaxed and comfortable and head up eating all the wind versus something that's shrugged like that is upwards of 30 40 watts at like Whoa. at like 50 kilometers an hour upwards i'm just giving a very conservative estimation at about 50 kilometers an hour it's higher than that right so this is 30 40 watts you don't have to put out because you just need to get used to shrugging in that position which is something that i made a point to do so when the bike was on the trainer i i set the way up so like my laptop was at my eye level so i need to watch some race or some movie or something now if i want to watch that movie i have to shrug look up there is shrug. no other way yeah. to watch that otherwise i'm just going to be looking at my garment i'm going to be like ah yeah yeah so i made it a point to shrug then off the bike work you do planks again planks don't hold it normally mm-hmm. elbows in shrugging and then relax shrugging and relax you stretch these muscles here you get so much more flexible here so that when you do drop your head into that uh if you look at it from a side point of view like i'll, I'll send you a video of what mm-hmm. it looks like like imagine the air how it flows it hits your hands then right. hits your helmet flows over your helmet connects to your back so the fastest positions you want the air to stick to your body as long as possible because mm. the moment it detaches it creates vortices behind you mm. right so that's something that spent hours working on hours this is not like <laughs> i just yeah. uploaded a reel today <laughs> yeah. about like how much of work it went into a uh, uh, getting my position right and this is like without wind tunnels without any testing this is just by eyesight right yeah try trial and trial and error, error. Yeah. <clears throat> basically you see what works what doesn't and the fastest tt position is not comfortable mm. on day 1 right so when people say comfort is king it's not it's <laughs> you need to make what is uncomfortable comfortable by a, by working in exactly. that position you need to like put in a lot of work it's not it's horrible on the neck on the back on the shoulders and something that you don't realize your triceps because oh, there is yeah, so yeah, much yeah. of weight that goes into the triceps so much of force because you are holding and shrugging like the first couple of uh, times i tell like what i'm not doing an arm worker why are my arms hurting more than my legs like 400 watts are easy legs are fine arms are hurting so working on the triceps working on the the you know the holding those isometric positions that is something that takes a lot of a lot of work and that's what i focused on mm. Okay, I can only put out 295 watts for an hour. Fine, I don't care. Uh, I went in with very minimal expectations, but I knew I had this position to my advantage. Like the changes that I made, the time that I worked on it, all I had to do was hold it. 
on on race day right. and only two things like i told people only two things go through my mind on uh, on race day which is hips and head i don't know i only say these two things in my like people have their different mantras like power cadence whatever i say hips and head number one is i say hips because uh, what i've learned from when you're doing a tt is a lot of time you tend to force the power through your legs and that's when the legs muscles start getting fatigued they start burning and then you know it it's like ah painful but then if you focus on generating the power from your hips it like it just feels different you you tend to strain your your legs a little less because the power is actually coming from your hips you're just concentrating on the pain in your legs the legs will still be paining but now you're focusing on a different part of the body and you keep the hips turning smoothly and well the pedaling stroke is good the fatigue that you're psychologically feeling is less and you know you're able to sustain that effort for longer and another one is head keep your head down the road is closed course is closed we've done our rekis on it there is no need to look up you want to look up look up once every 10 15 seconds you know like we've done our rekis i know where the bad bits of road are i know where the flyovers come i know where there is a crack in the road yeah so those points i look up or like if the motor behind me horns that means i'm about to overtake someone i'll look up right. otherwise look down the road is closed there's no need to look up again do at your own risk this is something i'm doing yeah yeah <laughs> this is the th- i'm just saying no, the things that i did you see that you see that a uh, lot in the pros as well Correct. you know big you know like you said because it, the course is closed, closed, closed and closed. you have someone support in the back you. support behind you to warn if you are going Correct. somewhere right Correct. so it is not something that we can do on open roads in you know normal our should uh, never uh, do higan yeah. banal but <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so uh, yeah so that's so there's a, there's two things to training one is handling your bike in winds in like bumps and everything that you do on the road but perfecting your position you do on the trainer then the race day is just the combination of the two right. you just need to execute those two things and you get a good race day like like going to the actual effort of the of the ITT i did mm. 290 watts for mm. 50 minutes mm. nothing special nothing great mm. worst <laughs> my worst power for a tt so far mm. but third <laughs> oh yeah i mean third by 12 seconds it was like 11 and a half seconds yeah it was close it was oh, close oh it, yeah. it was close it was close mm. so let, you know since we got here let us go into that effort and before we get into okay. that uh, let us talk about the, you know the hip you is uh, you know focusing on head and hip head you were no lowering the hip and shrugging and making yeah. sure it is down yeah. and when it comes to hip also also are you uh, thinking about uh, is it tilted properly yeah, so stuff? sitting on the right part of the saddle like right. you know uh i don't know who's spoken about this someone has i can't remember who but uh we tend to gravitate towards the front of the saddle just because we feel like there's more leverage there mm. actually that's not true you know it it is at the moment it feels like oh i can put on more power there but you need to remember what is your optimal saddle position everybody sits on a different part of the saddle sitting on right on the tip might be comfortable for the first 15 minutes after that you're going to be in excruciating pain true right? true so yeah. like focusing on your hip focusing on where you're sitting on the saddle focusing on keeping everything shrugged in these are just small things that end up making making a difference on race day like if you move towards the front your entire f- geometry of what's actually hitting the wind changes now if you move too far back 
you're hyperextending your leg, then you might get injured, you're not able to put out the power. So when you focus on your hips, right, hips, butt, everything, you're sitting in the right position that you've, you're training in that position. You're, exactly. You're, your body is used to putting out power in that position. So why not concentrate on that? Like, you know, sticking to the things that you know work. I know my head angle needs to be this, so I'm going to concentrate on that. I know I need to sit in this position to put out power. I'm going to concentrate on that. Well, I don't need to worry about any other factors. Like some people, <laughs> I can't believe people do this. <laughs> so when you approach a U-turn, like you look at, the people do this. They look at people who are crossing on the opposite side and look at the garment and time. Oh, he's there means now if I go to the U-turn, I double the time. Why? Don't worry about that. It's an individual time trial. By thinking about him, you're not going to go faster or like he's not going to go slower. Like, you have to focus on your correct, pacing, right? Correct, correct. Pacing, <clears throat> pacing and like making sure the things that you can control, that is like the most important thing for me. Like, forget about everything else. Forget about uh, everything that's led up because everybody has their own different story as to how they got to this point. Right. Like everybody has issues, everybody has troubles, everything. But if you start thinking about that when you're on the bike, it's like one thing leads to another and then you just like small things can affect you like mentally you it's like it's such a fine line between being in the zone and then being distracted by something that is actually bigger than cycling you know you start worrying about family you start worrying about money stuff like that like people this is not true stories yeah. like i'm not making stuff up these are these are things like people have told me they think about when on the bike it's irrelevant. You just need to cross the finish line as fast as possible in that moment. Like once you get off the bike, yeah, all those things are important. But you don't think, you shouldn't think about those things when you're on the bike. Because, right. yeah. Yeah, that point you were talking about, you know, con focusing on the controllables. Yeah. The things that you can control yeah. right now yeah. are, you know, making sure that you are in the correct position and you are doing what you need to do correct. at that position. Yeah to get go get to the finish line the fastest correct so just you need to focus on that yeah aspect. that's that's, that is that's super something critical. else like it takes time to to learn mm. you know it's not easy it wasn't easy for me i i like used to struggle like something i'll admit is like uh halfway through most uh time trial efforts or like workouts that are above 15 20 minutes which is when i start struggling I start giving myself excuses to stop. Like this has happened in the past. It happens like not so often now, but it happens. Like you start giving yourself excuses. Oh, is my knee hurting? Uh, maybe I should stop. Oh, the road is bad. Oh, there's traffic or I should stop. Ah, oh, it's too hot today. I should stop. There are so many excuses to stop. But then like what I've learned is to put that one reason to not stop in the front of your head. People who know me know exactly what that reason is and know exactly what I stare at when I'm on the trainer. <laughs> Secret thing. <laughs> but I stare at one thing when I'm on the trainer and that one thing reminds me to push harder. Right. To dig in deeper. Like, yeah. there's no point, f like, uh, going against... <laughs> Your coach has set you a workout. Mm. You know, he knows what's best for you. All you have to do now, which is, sounds simple when he's saying it, but it's hard, is, like, work with the workout and, like... Like, you know, actually follow the steps. It's hard. It's hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. If it's easy, anybody could do it. But Exactly. Yeah. But you don't have to worry about anything else. In that moment, you just have to worry about hitting the power tab number. Mm. You know, keeping everything tight, controlled and hit the target. That's it. So I'm curious. Uh, yeah. What is that one thing? <laughs> nah, nah, that's secret. <laughs> no. That's a secret. That's a trade secret. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you go with that. So... Yeah. <clears throat> 
now you um how did the you know the when i saw the results yeah. i was like super you know super happy with thank you, thank uh, you. you know the result because <clears throat> i saw the names that uh, you know that are familiar that yeah. you know you yeah. shri uh shri uh, finished fifth in the itt sixth yeah sixth yeah. in the itt i should be fifth but that will not go into that yeah, but. but you know <clears throat> and all these are quite close yeah. nj was uh, one and a half minutes, minutes ahead, uh, ahead yeah. of uh, arvind and then 12 seconds 12 seconds 14 seconds 14 seconds 20 seconds 20 seconds it's all like bunched up <laughs> so the that. top 7 apart from nj was covered in one minute wow, wow. see one minute top 7 yeah. apart from nj was all within like say minute and a half right yeah, so, so it was close it's like one and a half and then one and a half like The for the next next, next yeah. first to seven and after that like the gaps just blow up so right. actually going i said this to two people and these two people got very angry at me for saying it <laughs> i i had such little expectations and uh, so going in like a week before the event or like when we were traveling we were talking about like who's coming who the competition list is and i hadn't actually paid attention to it but then suddenly one day when i was in the bathroom i took my phone out and i said ah, who's coming for this and i looked and i saw anybody who's ever achieved anything in indian cycling's name was there we have asian medalists we have people who've gone to the commonwealth games we have people who are track specialists we have the national champion seven times we have the three time national champion we have the two time silver medalist like i like and then i said this i was like ah oh, dude honestly everybody is coming i'll be surprised if i get top 10 i said it both of them got damn pissed off at me they're like what are you saying shut your mouth <laughs> but uh Yeah, I actually genuinely, I genuinely be, like thought, I don't know, like I don't know where I'm at, like in the level of, like I like I told you, I stopped caring about other people's workouts, so I didn't compare myself. I didn't know where I stood in the hierarchy. I had no idea. I hadn't even done a mock TT in ten months. I hadn't done a mock TT mm-hmm. because the bike issue and then falling sick and everything. So I just. trusted the training and that the, the position and went into the race like because if you look at like i have this thing where if it's i mean i don't have this thing it's basic knowledge uh if you're good at ip you're good at time trialing up to <laughs> a certain duration now if it goes past that duration the the individual pursuers start falling off so all you needed to hope for was that they had kept the distance as 40 kilometers and not cut it like yeah. i was praying i've been doing 160 kilometers 200 kilometers every week just to keep my endurance good now don't make the tt some 20 kilometer nonsense <laughs> because people are just going to come and smash like 360 watts and you're going to be like why <laughs> what's the point of that so i was just hoping please keep it at 40 kilometers please it was 38 but close enough to 40 so that i was able to have a little extra in the last um last let's say uh last stretch back like if you look at the segment uh on strava for that last return leg i was the fastest overall over wow. everybody the last 6 kilometers so there was a 8 and a half kilometer and then back so the mm-hmm. last 6 kilometers i was the fastest on the day wow nobody beat me on that day right so like so it sounds like you paced yourself really well I, or actually underpaced very badly underpaced and i realized very late okay. so okay uh, yeah so let's so, yeah, talk the, about that yeah so going in um we've been to two nationals now we've heard stories about 
how things are at different nationals and how things were at the last Asian Games, I mean, national games, which happened in 2015 in Kerala. So we went in uh, preparing for the worst, but like hopeful that, you know, things would be good. Like we've heard like rumors that they're giving accommodation, they're providing transport and, you know, but we still prepared. We hired a Zoom car, booked our own hotels and, you know, planned out everything so that we were prepared. Um, then like the day before we left, we got a call from, uh, uh, someone from the Gujarat sports authority and they said, uh, you, your, I've got uh, information about your ticket. You're arriving on so-and-so day, but we only provide accommodation from, uh, the two days, uh, T minus two days before your event. So we were arriving three days before. So he's like, your accommodation only starts tomorrow, but for today we're going to put you up in a hostel, blah, 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 something and all he said. And then, uh, the uh, Nandini got this call and then she was like, huh, what is our accommodation going to be? And he's like, hotel. Then we were like, okay. Then I, like, I'm following the National Games hashtag, National Games Gujarat, everything. And then I'm seeing athletes that are staying at like Leela Palace, Taj, Vivanta. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, like, wow. Okay. Are they actually doing this or is this only for the top athletes? Then we arrived, we went to our actual, like, we arrived in the airport. And before that, he had said, yeah, do you need transport from the airport? We had no idea. We have now six bike boxes with us. How are we transporting this? We have a Zoom car, yeah. But how are we transporting ourselves to the hotel? He's like, do you need transport? Then he was like, okay, I'll send a tempo. They like sent us a tempo. We loaded the boxes, went to our hotel. And then our actual booking, which they had reserved, starts from the next day. So then we got a notification on the app. National Games Gujarat because as, as an athlete you register and then it gives you your information your food places your travel it's like very well organized wow so like I said we had prepared for the worst but this was like way above our expectations super so then got a notification saying you've been allotted your hotel hotel Grand Mercury which so name sounded very familiar when we were looking to book hotels this was the first choice of hotel for us <laughs> but we were like ah it's too expensive <laughs> We left it a day, came back and saw the price had doubled. We were like, oh, we can't book this now. But that's what they had allotted us. So we're like, yeah, yeah, we're going. We'll, we'll go to that hotel. Nice, so, nice. So then again, we called this guy from Gujarat Sports Authority. He sent a bus, like a government electric bus. We loaded our bikes in it, took us to the hotel. It was like a four or five star hotel that they put us up in. 90% of all the cyclists were in that hotel. Super. So... Like having this really good accommodation set out for us. And then like they had uh, buses that were at like regular intervals to go towards the race course, which was only six kilometers, seven kilometers away. Not that far away. Mm. And they had buses and trucks all like everything was planned. And then when you reach the course, each team had a tent. Nice. In the tent was a box with ice, a plug point to charge your trainer, I mean, to power your trainers, charge your phones, whatever, a fan and an AC vent. Whoa. <laughs> they had an AC vent in every single tent and the nice. temperatures were hot. It was like 36, feels like 38, 40. It was hot outside. Yeah. But we were in the tent. We were kept cool. Like there were chairs to sit. There was tables like, and then they were like, they had people constantly coming and like checking if we had water and then giving more water, checking the ice, whether the ice was there in the box. Like this was brilliantly organized in, in terms of like making the athletes feel as comfortable as possible. We've never experienced this. We that never, brilliant we never used to get, yeah. we never even got a Shamiana before. Mm. I'm just saying, but having these tents with like 
Oh, everything. I was like, wow, okay. We're actually being treated like athletes now, you know? This is like making us feel comfortable. Like staying cool is one of the most important things right now in endurance sport. Right. So that was all taken care of. So having to not worry now about, oh, there's six of us. How are we all going to fit in a car? We had transport arranged. Uh, what about food? What can we eat? They had food provided at the so hotel. Far. So having those things like checked off, you know? Okay, don't need to worry about this. Don't need to worry about that. Made like... It feel a little bit relaxed, but then something did happen the day before I went, which like cannot get into if you want this podcast to stay up. But <laughs> yeah. but yeah, uh, so in that sense, like uh, there was a few things off edge on the day of the actual event, but coming in, I felt confident, and you know it was a big win for us in terms of like what we were about to do now. Mm. Uh, so I felt very confident. But then I'd also like I'd prepared myself well in advance for uh, uh, for how I'm going to plan my nutrition and plan the ta- like my own self when it comes to the taper. Right. So like I've been doing a lot of research into nitrates and you know how how it works and uh, I know I still don't know much about it, but I just learned the uh, nitrate loading strategy. Mm-hmm. So I bought the nitrates from uh, beetroot. Uh, beetroot, beetroot juice, extract, yeah, not yeah. juice, uh, powder. Yeah, beetroot powder, but, yeah, which, so, which you can mix in whatever. whatever, whatever yeah. yeah. So, so you start loading five days before your event. And, you know, I tried it before. I tried it a month before and saw how the effects were, whether it was good on my gut because I have a sensitive gut. You have to make extremely sure that it works. Yeah, because if you get the loads wrong, yeah. it can really mess you up. Yeah, 2021, yeah. Alice doubts it, British national champs. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Everywhere, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, with nitrate, this was when he was attempting his hour record. So he was doing nitrate loading and he threw up everywhere on the, the British national champs. So then like I saw, okay, yeah, let's get this right. So then correct quantities, correct duration before. And, you know, you shouldn't brush your teeth for after taking it or before taking it because it reacts with the, the toothpaste. You can't use mouthwash. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, there's a like, bunch of stuff into into nitrate uh, loading. Oh, because I didn't it know reacts that, yeah. and turns into nitrite in your mouth so the effect is not there in your stomach. It's yeah, it's a, it's a very nuanced thing. So, but the if you do it right, the performance gain is quite high. So you mix that with like already taking you know everyone takes caffeine almost mm. everyone takes mm. caffeine either in the form no, of let's, coffee let's get a little bit in uh, in detail into that nitrate i thing. don't know much about it no this but is... what you did would ah okay so it. i uh, ordered the fasten up uh, beetroot and coconut mct it's just a powder you mm. put one scoop and you have it along with your breakfast mm. and you don't brush your teeth afterwards mm. so mm. i brush in the night so that's not an issue so when i'm having my breakfast i uh have that and then you do your workouts as normal four five days prior so on the day of your event again same stick to the same loading schedule that you have exactly the same time in the day that you have it normally and then you have your breakfast three hours two to three hours before your event and then you go so what this is supposed to do is basically if you so all of us ride most of us ride at power and heart rate and we know at this power my heart rate is going to be this much Mm. and if i increase my heart rate is going to go up by this much like we have this like rough idea of what they look like but when you load with nitrates the right way what happens is that heart rate number comes down so for example at 290 watts i'm used to my heart rate being 180 but now at 290 watts my heart rate was at 170 like you know so then uh, one of the limiting factors when it comes to actually event day is your heart rate if you go into the red 
like you you're not coming back from that right so even they usually uh, you, you know there is that adrenaline rush Correct. and the hr usually very, goes very high exactly right so this kind of compensate a little bit you know, I, I something that. like that yeah. yeah so like it's very easy for people to like feel good and then overcook it in the first 5k and then you're suffering right gagan all <laughs> <laughs> yeah also the muscle oxidation it Correct. has there's, uh, there's so many like yeah. nuances to it but as as a rough <laughs> idea it's like you don't want your heart rate to climb too mm. quickly because you're going to suffer after that you want it to be like a smooth climb and then you only start hitting your actual threshold heart rate about 50% into your effort then you can like suffer that you you psychologically oh, i'm halfway through i can suffer through the rest right. now if you hit that too quickly right you're like ah yeah <laughs> i can't do this anymore i'm, I'm suffering and then True. there's so many other factors heat wind chill like when you put in the skin suit and helmet you're getting no cooling on your face you're not mm. feeling the wind chill that you normally do mm. so these are all factors you have to take into account so having your heart rate lowered you're still able to push at that certain power but then this was something like Like I said I went in with like very little expectations. I don't keep heart rate on my screen just because of the psychological fact. If you look at a heart rate number that's too high yeah, you're like oh, I'm, sense, yeah. I'm pushing too hard. So I have pacing strategies. Like I've done enough of TT simulation workouts with my coach has given me certain pacing strategies. You get up to speed, first 5 minutes you ramp it up and bring it back down, then go up again and then smash the last half. Like that's sort of a pacing strategy. And mm. again based on wind direction there's just too many factors. Mm. but then i stuck to that i don't i wasn't looking at heart rate i had a uh, cadence in big my power my lap power lap time lap distance just to see how fast i'm going per lap like where am i losing time those those kind of things then for some reason usually i start to feel the thing the effort in my legs at around 50% or like 60% in like right. it starts to actually burn it wasn't burning mm-hmm. i was feeling like reasonably comfortable so then i just my on my garment i press my down arrow and it goes to a page which has exactly the same uh metrics except heart rate is also there hmm. i went and saw i was in zone 3 heart rate uh, halfway through my effort i panicked i like this is i'm going too easy like right. i'm hitting my power targets but i have so much more to give then i decided to turn it up and then if you look at my strava file there's like a uh, Yeah. <laughs> it just goes up right. and then after that is when like i actually started putting out the power it is i turned out the afterburners <laughs> i mean <laughs> i hope yeah. but it's like i had planned a negative split so you go easier on your first half and then harder on the second half but it had been too easy like going in i had thought okay 290 295 is what i can technically hold on a good day because falling sick and all of that mm. but on the day like speaking to my coach 305 310 was a possibility right just based on how the numbers were working <laughs> and how i felt so then like having to like panic then i started stressing oh no this is i can go harder then i started going harder then the position was going out of control and i was like oh god okay like relax now calm down so then this was like midway through having taken my second u turn so now one more u turn and this is the final stretch mm. so then i settled down for the remainder of that that stretch then the moment i took the u turn I just got as low my neck was burning at that point I got right. as low and whatever power I could put out getting in that position I put out and then heart rate still wasn't rising yeah <laughs> I knew the sorry I did it in the course 3 times so I knew what 
like what flyover is coming next what the stretch is and how far it is to the finish line and then i was like okay it's not what what am i supposed to do then is when i lowered my gear to some gear that is stupid like i would normally not be on such a hard gear and started grinding out the power for the last 2 kilometers and then the heart rate was like ah okay let's climb now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was again too little too late but uh yeah i finished it off uh, like i said the fastest final stretch uh like compared to anybody i mean on strava at least i don't know if people haven't uploaded like i have no idea what it's like but yeah, yeah mm-hmm. considering how far down so they've given us a lap timing so the difference between laps if you look at the final sheet results there are laps right. i was down bad on the first lap mm. like really bad and then the, the gap just disappeared on the second lap so that was that's some interesting feedback for me to to like you know take back with this nitrate loading and stuff i can actually push a little harder than what i think i can push mm. but again it's all very fine lines you know uh, sticking to the pacing is still very important it is way a very fine line because you know if looking back we can we could feel that oh we could have given that yeah. uh, you know a little bit more but you never really exactly. know because a little a 5 watt more could have blown you out could have also right and also the it's, position could have gone out yeah and you know at certain points like you need to you need to like again i panicked <laughs> no yeah, yeah. i panicked and i went for what i thought i should do but then again it was into a headwind section so mm-hmm. i was like oh i need to get my position back because yeah. that's more important than me putting out 3 4 watts extra like exactly. if, if my head is up i'm losing 10 watts that was the point of me putting out 3 4 watts so again got my head back down again got into a steady rhythm and then coming back tailwind section smash it doesn't matter yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. no definitely definitely it it is important to kind of have a pacing strategy yeah. and stick to it while kind of recalibrating from time to time yeah. with uh, what you know how you are feeling and all that right yeah. so it's important excellent so <clears throat> you uh you know you done your best yeah. what you could yeah uh and i actually like i came back and like ah like uh, it's all like 296 was target hit yeah. 290 yeah. like ah six watts so and you always think oh i could have pushed here i could have pushed there i knew i could have pushed in the start right <laughs> if you look at this it's just it's just there it's like it's yeah. up for everyone to see right. if you want to go see it but it, like the heart rate just did not climb mm-hmm. at all and i knew why it didn't climb i just i was i had so much more to give right and uh, yeah came back was like not expecting much everything then within like after taking off skin suit everything just sitting uh people started coming around with like predicted results it was like a sheet of paper with like timings written down right and uh, <laughs> i thought it like lent over <laughs> and saw it and the services boys were all looking at it and like everyone saw oh navin first 40 yeah. 49 48 whatever it was 40 right. something yeah then then it was like nobody else was in the 40s like time wise then 50s okay 50s there are one two three four people in 50s then i started looking oh arvin 50 thing okay arvin second then like third it was like oh, wait <laughs> is that my name <laughs> i saw my name <laughs> and then a friend of ours who supports us sangeeta she was standing like just off to the side and i looked up at her and i'm like Like I mouthed it, <laughs> and then all these other people. There's about five, six people there. They're all looking. Who is third? Dinesh, no, not Dinesh. And they're like Joel. Joel. They all turn back because <laughs> these were the same guys who were at the camp, the Air Force boys. So they were like, "Wow!" And I was like, "I don't know." I, I immediately was like, "No, no, no! Don't congratulate me. Let them announce it." Right. 
and then uh i went to like i just didn't i tried to get it out of my mind like i saw my name there i did i didn't it wasn't official someone had written down the times right unless it's printed unless it's posted don't celebrate unless like, you unless they announce correct yeah, yeah correct because yeah. uh <laughs> i don't want to say anything i just left it people were like coming over like oh like, no, no 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 let yeah. them let them let them announce it first mm. then i went to the to the desk where they were all at and then one of the cfi officials was like very helpful in retur- retrieving our bikes when they were stuck uh she came and she like i think i need to congratulate you and i was like no ma'am what are you saying She's like look and then she had the official results printed like typed out ready to publish and when it was third and that's when i was like yeah brilliant yeah, okay. brilliant brilliant first medal yes <laughs> brilliant But, man yeah it was in a way like I knew I'd put in the work but knowing that the different things that I'd focused on actually paid off was like very relieving actually yeah no definitely see the you it hasn't been a straight line no. progression right no, by any not. means no not at all like you said there was so many ups and so many downs yeah. and even leading up to the, you know as you were getting close to the event 6 yeah. weeks out yeah you were down with covid and bike was broken <laughs> your bike is broken and all sorts yeah. of things right yeah. so to kind of get over all those and try to focus on the next immediate step yeah and focus on the process getting those uh, you know ticks against yeah. what needs to be done see again like i can't credit myself for any of that like you know i have i have this thing like i post about it often surround yourself with positivity and see the wonders it will do for you like i keep like around me people who are close to me are some of the people who are very critical towards me but it's always so that i do better i stop making mistakes like the reason i got sick with covid is i went out late night with friends non cycling friends and i got sick i was like training my load was low my immunity was down i should not be in a pub with friends <laughs> like you know it's just a stupid thing and they gave my uh, friends gave me like the people who keep me in check gave me shit for it they're like what's wrong with you you're six weeks out from probably the biggest race that you're going to take part in this year it's bigger than nationals like people right. don't understand national games tr- transcend cycling Right. it's a multi sport event like people still think national champs every champ. sport exactly. is, is there too, and yeah. like the way that they organized it yeah it was the biggest i'd say the biggest sport event let's not even consider cricket here right <laughs> it's the biggest sports event india has ever held like mm-hmm. this national games gujarat so and like the way <laughs> they immediately told me like you're stupid this is your fault you have to deal with it now like and then but then at the same time criticize but also support like they gave me the the tools the like steps the support the help whatever i needed in order to achieve this like this medal is not my medal this is our medal like i can't like understate like when i bought my bike i i didn't have money to buy like i don't have a job like i was able to afford the bike through funds raised by my family my parents they reached out to their friends their family and said hey my son has got selected for this can you help and they like gave like yeah sure yeah here you go like is it like for me i never expected people would actually care about this kid 23 year old kid wanting to cycle i never thought about it but people are there to support 
it's about like showing them that you can put in the work and actually stick with the process so yeah my parents my friends people who like i surround myself with shaurya nandini like they like pushed and pushed and pushed and were always there to support it didn't matter a huge thing this i have to talk about this i took two skin suits for itt i thought okay i have my lbb skin suit which has the cobra pattern has lbb written has like the sponsors has everything and i had the india skin suit from when i was in the team right <laughs> two skin suits i took um but if you saw any of the pictures i'm not wearing either right right yeah, yeah. so the day before the event we were informed uh, that logos on the skin suit were not to be bigger than 3 by 3 inches right okay on said skin suit of mine lbb is across the chest yeah yeah across the leg across the back <laughs> <laughs> everywhere it's there Yeah. Like, okay okay fine okay i can't wear it that's the fastest skin suit no worries i'll wear this india skin suit i showed it to the people who are making the decision and they're like yeah yeah oh what's on the back and the back said india ah no you can't wear it i like why and because like other sports like triathlon and all like the people who represent in the country were allowed to wear their kit for some reason we weren't allowed to so i don't have a skin suit now what am i going to wear and then in that scenario uh uh there's no one else who is my size <laughs> my skinny legs but my height like you know it's it's difficult and a lot of us were in this in this issue like some people had to like take gagan had to take lipstick to his beautiful castelli skin suit to get rid of the logos shrina started painting his skin suit he turned the logos into an owl wow. like like there were many creative ways of doing it but i had like i couldn't do anything like even the no amount of paint is going to remove I have to like dip it and die if I want to <laughs> get rid of the logos. But in this, like, uh, Nandini said, "Take my wallet, take skin suit, take it. It'll fit you. Take it." I like, oh, you sure? Because your ID is tomorrow. She's like, no, 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 take it, wash it, and then I'll wear it. And then I, I had a skin suit to race on the day. Like, you know, these are things like she. There's so many risks that can happen. The skin suit can tear. I could crash. I remember I have a carbon repaired bike. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so there are so many things that can go wrong. And she was willing to put that all on the risk here take it ride. Like she believed that I was able to achieve this more than I <laughs> I I believed. So uh yeah I'm so very thankful like to these guys like the wheels like the rear wheel again borrowed from Bindya Surya front wheel was Nandini's like this equipment this equipment is worth lakhs like you know yeah, yeah. people who don't know cycling don't understand how thingy about our equipment we are like ha hey, just your cycle ha huh, cycle is yeah. life here okay <laughs> this is like half a year salary for some people that you're putting into a cycle and you know it's theirs and they're lending the equipment to you which like you cannot understate and i will forever be thankful to anybody who has ever lent me or like let me borrow stuff or supported in terms when it comes to like cycling equipment because like well i've been competitive cycling for a year and a half now right and in that amount of time it's difficult to get sponsors like nobody knows who you are like yeah. for example like nobody knows like you don't have a name like Naveen John everybody okay Naveen John seven time national champion Arvind Panwar yeah Arvind Panwar has been cycling since he was 18 like these are like household cycling names they know who you are and uh it's it's easier i would i everybody has their own difficulties but it's easier for having the notoriety of having achieved something and then people are willing to support you like you know the support that i got was close friends and family hmm. like you know so i cannot understate how grateful i am to them 
for supporting and trusting me <laughs> more importantly uh yeah and uh, no yeah it definitely the support system like you said it is important to surround yourself with positivity you know positivity yeah, that for sure. you know have a right support system around you and See, you have this is something that i'll say i've said it before to people uh but i'll say it now publicly the trajectory of cycling is changing if you look 5 years back the trend not even 5 years let's say 3 years back the trend was get into cycling be good at the sport get a job disappear hmm that's what every, like that's right. what the trend is right you get a nice comfy government job and then disappear you cycle to get a job we're here now quitting jobs putting life on hold investing money we don't have into equipment training changing our entire lives around you know we when it comes to like training we put everything on hold anything that is not related to cycling is on hold mm. just so that we can achieve this goal that we have we don't have any other motive and there's no financial motive to go and race at nationals to potentially win a medal or crash like it's yeah. like it's it's a it's a it's all up in the air right. like what can happen you know yeah. but we do this this is a risk we take and until m- people recognize this risk or like until more people start doing it the sport is not going to grow but that trajectory is now set in motion and i feel like in the next few years 5 years 6 years might even be 10 years the sport will actually grow to the level where cycling full time is going to be a viable profession you can support your family cycling like mm. that is where the sport needs to go to right now it's not even it's not even in the horizon not even <laughs> no close. close you can't yeah. support your weekly expense <laughs> cycling yeah. you can't you, you just can't it's not possible right like no that- and the only way i say the only way this happens is for uh for commercial investment into the sport like you know brands need to come in recognize potential talent do talent recruitments of like which is happening on track cycling yeah. exponential growth yeah exponential growth like iso was just at the world champions he made it to the semi finals of the world championships in the karen so True. uh yeah the growth is there if you support the athlete there's this stupid misconception oh no medal why you want support it's a circle no medal no support no support no medal no medal no support. <laughs> absolutely someone needs to just step in there and be like hey i'm willing to risk uh just so and so to support you and see where it goes you know the moment someone steps in and takes road cycling under their wing the growth is going to be enormous because the, the talent here is is really it's good it's great there but everybody's attention is split like if you look at the top cyclists in the country right now navin arvind both to sustain their lifestyle have to coach on the side right True. there is only so much you can put into your own effort if you are coaching at the same time if you're putting in time into your your training your effort your coaching is also diminishing like you know that you cannot there's no full time cyclists here i mean apart from the services guys right. obviously yeah. because that's their job you train um but I, like i said again that was what the trajectory was you cycle get a good result get a job you train or you leave the sport up to you but you know it is changing it, it is, is changing, changing slowly yeah. and it is exciting to see a change with more and more talent that comes up so i call them they're not i call them individual athletes but they're not individual athletes like i said there are so many people behind that are pushing and supporting and yeah see i'll see two more people i'll say 
I wouldn't be part of the Bangalore cycling community if Leander Wheatley didn't take me in in October 2020. Mm. Like he's like, "Hey, I'll ride with you." Right. Like, you know. So so and then and then you know, he's one of my closest friends. I wouldn't have thought about cycling or competing if it wasn't for getting dropped in Ooty by a 42-year-old man, <laughs> Vijay. Like yeah. these are people who uh, helped like in a way and like if I look back now and it's not that far back it's 2 years ago mm. and think about how much of an impact these people had on my life it's huge and it's not my effort it is everybody's effort that has like led me to this and this is not where i'm ending <laughs> there no, is so no. much more to come there is so much you're yeah. just starting yeah, dude yeah. it's like 2 years i can't even wrap my head around that fact <laughs> yeah. right you can got I... <laughs> into the sport just 2 years what ago October 22nd when was Nandi Epic last year November 21st that was my first race I mean not last year 2 years ago 2 years ago yeah was, yeah so it hasn't been 2 years yet. this is just not <laughs> yeah. you know so 2 years and maybe in you know, less than 2 years yeah. into sport and you that is just starting yeah. right for you and you I know for you know many many athletes who have who have been in the sport yeah. at the top level for years and years yeah. and haven't medaled it but you know it's not just that no there are many factors to it right like right. like we talked about it's, it's not just that right yeah. you, you know medal is one aspect but they you know there are so many things that need to come together to Correct. make it happen See, right? and that's one thing that yeah. we wanted uh, let's let's leave the medal like mm. uh, racing at the sport and getting a medal is one thing but mm. what are you contributing to the growth of the sport mm. which is like what we've started how and I started with FTP mm. like the knowledge of racing is so limited like when we spoke when we had us on right. like you i cannot imagine being a professional or a semi professional basketball playing and not watching the sport of basketball it makes no sense right. but it's normal for cycling mm. you want to compete at cycling yeah yeah just go ride your bike yeah that's not it the cycling isn't that there is so much behind cycling if you do not watch and study the sport of cycling mm. put dedicate the time that cycling deserves it rightfully deserves time effort and dedication for you to grow in the sport So that is like make make the information a little bit more accessible. Like we look at Tour de France riders with FTPs of 400 plus and we're like what are we trying to achieve? Okay, yeah, fine. Don't watch them. But what we wanted to do was like make it a little bit more relatable. When you talk about local races and how you could potentially win a local race or what move you can follow or what you can do or shouldn't do in a race. That's like a little bit more relatable, right? But that kind of content wasn't there for us. Wasn't there True. for me when I wanted True. to look at cycling, yeah. how to cycle in Indian cycling. content wasn't there nothing yeah. was there maybe an occasional vlog or two imad used to vlog the races but again there wasn't any in-depth information as to how you can get better there was a general aspect of what happens yeah. but no information on how you can improve yourself so that's what we we started with this wanting to give back to the sport and hopefully set the way for 11 year olds 12 year olds to gain this small information i'm sure there's a 10 year old right now who's going to be in the tour de france when he's yeah. 23 i'm sure about it because it's going to happen is just the growth of the sport is that way it is going to happen but giving the information that is required at a point where it is relatable relatable information there is also all sorts of information but relatable information is the most 
like i think it's it's one of the most important things and it will help nurture young talent definitely yeah. definitely and you know i have said that i said this before and i'm saying this again the kind of work that you guys both you and shaurya are doing to yeah. contribute to Our this biggest community supporter. <laughs> uh, i i am i am your biggest fan <laughs> for there sure. is no doubt about that yeah. because it is the need of the hour like for example this crit that we did the pedal for the planet crit mm. i in the tags while uploading the video i put hashtag #nokal cycling yeah. simply <laughs> but then that like brought in a couple of audience from the US and we had a semi professional crit racer in the US comment on our video this is so interesting right like i didn't know you race in india like this like why are there so many people on the track why is there a timing strip across the finish line that is so dangerous <laughs> like they don't know that this is happening right now when you put out that information you make your make the information available that this is how races happen here it's it's like i can't i can't imagine what it might be like in his shoes having closed circuits having like professional sponsors teams sponsored by bike brands and you know just not having to worry and then look at him looking at this like wait what they're racing what, like what's happening there what? is like 100 Why are there people, people on the people track on mtbs and green shirts on the same course <laughs> as these guys like yeah, you know yeah. imagine what he's looking at it's like what why are you doing this that's so stupid that's so dangerous but that's normal for us <laughs> that's that's normal racing for us exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's like uh, it's it's very it's it's great to see like those people kind of supporting it and you know putting in showing that they're there watching the stuff so it's good feedback to to me to us actually actually planned on uh, recording this uh, national games road race but just way too much happened yeah, and like it you got to focus on your race i mean right? yeah, yeah if everything had gone smoothly yeah. Yeah, no issues but there's just too much happening i assembled my road bike uh, at nine o'clock <laughs> uh, next day morning i'm racing yeah, yeah. so the night before nine o'clock is when i assembled my road bike there's just way too much happening right uh so uh yeah so hopefully there's more content like that that we can put out and hopefully more people uh contribute in 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 a way that they can towards the sport like yeah. uh bike shops are doing it with uh offering bike fitting for free or like at a at a lower charge because bike fitting is always something that's at a premium it's like oh if you want to get a good bike fit you have to pay tens of thousands right. minimum but if you like give someone a basic bike fit on basic physiological restrictions and geometry and eyeballing and comparing the before and after which velo studio is doing yeah i'm going to say for sure ritwik brilliant guy there uh he does that so when you're offering cyclists this uh this means to better themselves they will eventually get better at the sport yeah. and it's just growth like why would you put a restriction on the growth of the sport i don't understand it like there are so many things that are there in this country that restrict us from growing the sport so anybody who removes restrictions or makes it more accessible it's like you have to applaud them right so yeah. that yeah. definitely definitely so let you know since yeah, since you did not put out a video for the national games road race yeah. let us talk about that oh yeah, yeah it would be interesting that to was, talk uh, about that. i feel by far uh maybe i might be biased because i was in the race yeah. but i feel by far it was like one of the most exciting road races that happened let's, let's remember what the national games setup is you have 36 states which there aren't 36 states but <laughs> in in the country but uh services is considered a state because there's just so many athletes on yeah, the services yeah. but there is no railways 
ஆஃப் Uh, and first of all like i got the, i had got the medal the day before so uh, i told him hey i'm willing to work for you to the point where i will dnf i don't care i'm willing to give everything and he don't no, no no don't dnf i need to like imagine the sprint finish something i said i said no no i don't want a dnf but no that's what i'm saying i'm, I'm not going to leave anything in reserve for my result i don't care about my result i've achieved what i came out here to achieve and um so then the race got delayed it was in the heat 40 degrees that we started at and uh, <laughs> we were all like emptying bottles of water on ourselves to cool down and i i knew what i wanted to do like so many times it's been a breakaway gets away and then the rest of the race is chasing that breakaway so something i wanted to do last year in the national champs was be in the breakaway that got away and i was but then it wasn't the one that got got away it wasn't the one that disappeared so um uh yeah so i made it a point to create the breaks so first time round so now i after being in patiala i know a couple of these guys right so first time round i uh, i told looked at manjeet from uh, services and i told him let's go so both of us went and there's a picture of it it was me manjeet and then if you look at the back a whole bunch of riders of which shrinath was a part of and then um yeah uh we managed to create a gap but immediately I'm sure the peloton saw it was a threatening one and this was on lap 1 by the way. Yeah, people saw that it was a threatening break and they closed it down. Immediately we did the first lap, came back to the start finish, took a U-turn and they always do this where they surge, they sprint out of the U-turn. Mm. So you're up at like 600 watts trying to chase back the U-turn. Mm. But then uh immediately after they've got clear or like a climb comes, everyone stops pedaling. So it goes from like 45 50 kilometers around 30 mm. it's like that speed so the perfect time to attack is when they stop pedaling and you just go around the outside mm. carrying the speed that you've built up why waste the speed why apply your brakes carry the speed and then go past slingshot past and whoever wants to drag with you comes with you but i made it a point to take now the only whole team the big strongest team there services i made it a point to take a services guy with me and this was a guy which we've never who we've never seen before his name is uh get ready for this a bike sing <laughs> what his, his name is a bike sing strong guy like i will i will send you pictures of his position on the road bike it looks better than people's positions on a tt bike wow he had an exceptional position he's a bodybuilder young rider i have no idea where he's from but uh-huh. the air force guys were telling me about him strong guy but bodybuilder so he cares more about uh, aesthetics <laughs> than uh, brains so <laughs> on his bike was one bottle <laughs> one bottle for a 120 km race seriously one gel <laughs> that's all he had so i'm in a breakaway and i saw a karnataka jersey i saw a maharashtra jersey and the day before i was telling the karnataka and maharashtra guys hey i'm going to uh, i'm going to i'm going to attempt a break i'm going to attempt a break i told gagan uh-huh. so, and then i told uh, the maharashtra boys i told sudarshan i told uh, chinmay so i was like okay i saw these jerseys and i'm like yes they're with me and then as they passed by i was like oh shoot that's not gagan 
And the other guy passed by, oh no, that's not Sudarshan, that's not Chinmay. Who are these people? And they all didn't have any gels, nothing. They had bottles. In the bottles was water. Not electrolytes, not carb, water. I'm like, okay, I'm in this break now with one guy who has one bottle and one gel. <laughs> two other guys who have two bottles, no gels. And no carb, nothing. No, I was like, ugh. Now, if I have to go back, and at this point, mind you, we've already created a gap of two minutes. On the first two laps, I wanted to create that separation. I normalized 320 watts on the first two laps of the break. Wow. Normalized. Mm. Like, that's how hard I was pushing. Just to create that gap. Because once I created that gap, right? All Sheenat has to do is sit in and follow the next move, which is what I told him. Follow a move. Like he knows. He's been racing for so long. I told him, bro, you know this. Like, And every time that I've done race with him, I've gone on a break early and he's followed a move and come across. Uh, Wayanad Churam race, he followed and came across. Both yeah. of us TT'd it to the base and then yeah. he went up. Uh, Bangalore Classic, I was in the break roasting out. Rick created a break. He sat on that, came across. So he knows when to come across. So that's what I told him. You know this. So... You know who's strong rider, follow them. If they look like they're going to join us. But the gap needs to be big enough that not the, like, the people don't want to chase it down. So it's like, within, after one and a half laps, gap was two minutes. Wow. Two minute gap. Which, if you look at the math, will take 20 kilometers to close down. And we're 30 kilometers into race. So that's 50 kilometers now for them to reach us. So that was that was it. So then, like, when we first reached the first U-turn, I saw Shri and I told him, wait, 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 wait. This is, don't don't join yet. Five, chase someone. There was, like, one Gujarat guy out in the middle of nowhere. I don't chase him. Like, because I can see him. I said, wait. Then the next U-turn, the, that Gujarat guy had been brought back. Then I again told him, wait. Then, like, but there's, like, eight kilometers between when we see each other next, right? So there's a lot that can happen in eight kilometers. No race radios don't have support relaying information to you. Come up to the next U-turn, I see two Punjab guys. I don't see Srinath. I then I see Srinath in the peloton. He's like looking at the gap to the Punjab guys between him and uh, between the peloton and the Punjab guys is about 15, 20 seconds. And the moment I see that, I immediately shout, chase it. Get on them because two Punjab guys. Who are yeah. they? Harshveer Singh, <laughs> track cyclist. And I think it was Vishwajit or I might be wrong. Two really strong Punjab guys. Both are above six foot two. And this is a flat rolling course. They mm. have the legs to uh, to close us down. And again, let's go back to one bottle, one gel. Two bottles, no electrolytes, no uh, carb. I had eight gels in my pocket. I had planned my strategy. Two gels per hour, 60 grams of carb. Bottles, two bottles have uh, carb and electrolyte mix in them. One bottle with electrolytes and then water. I planned everything perfectly. Now I'm looking at these guys, we're two minutes up ahead. They don't have anything. Now, if if I, if they start dropping off, if they start cramping, if they start popping, we're going to get slower. Peloton's going to catch us. Now the whole plan falls apart. I was donating my gels. I, I was donating my gels. So the moment I saw these guys like take a shorter turn or like stretch a little bit, because when someone does a weird stretch, you know they're cramping. Mm. Immediately gave him a gel. And I kept reminding every time someone pulled a turn, I was shouting, drink drink and they were drinking like you just because you in the moment you're not concentrating on that and i'm sure these guys like a bikesing bodybuilder never been in a breakaway and these two other uh, uh maharashtra and Kannada guy had not had not uh been in a break before so i was like reminding them on the basic stuff like drink and they kept looking back and I'm, like don't worry just ride just ride forward like these are the things i was shouting at them and uh yeah they didn't have gels so i was donating my gels eight gels <laughs> By the time we had done two laps together, I was down to three gels. <laughs> I hadn't had a gel yet. I had my carb bottles and uh, that was it. So I was sipping on that, trying to like keep 
the energy coming in but i knew this is going to i was going to pay for this soon but i needed this gap to be created then when i told shina chase i saw him at the next u turn there was two and a half minutes between us three minutes between us and the peloton but it was 1 minute 50 to 2 minutes between us and the punjabis and she was about 20 seconds behind the punjabis on his own wow okay so now what happened was again like these guys in the break with me they popped off slowly one by one started skipping turns oops <laughs> started skipping turns uh, doing shorter pulls i mean as it is at the start it was just me and this services guy who were like doing the stronger pulls but they started skipping and like leaving gaps and then you have to surge and close the gaps and you know i was new or they were getting weaker and then like another another lap goes by and i see the punjabis they're only a minute away from us and shri is still 20 seconds away from them and the peloton is now 2 minutes away from us i like okay Shri is not closing the gap on his phone. And I'm shouting at him, bro, Shri, only two minutes. And then afterwards, he told me, he's like, you come here and ride two. After the race, he's like, you're telling me two minutes. You come here and ride two minutes. And then see how it is. I mean, <laughs> but he was out on his own for three minutes. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, at that point, uh, Hashveer came up to me. <laughs> so Punjabis had joined us after, I, I can't remember what lap. He came to me and he's like, I started skipping turns at that point because she's out on his own why am I pulling the group it's so right. stupid no I yeah. shouldn't do it so every time someone flicked me I said no 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 I'm skipping my teammate is joining mm-hmm. then when the punjabis joined she was flicked me through and I was like no my teammate is coming then he did his turn came back he was like you really think your teammate will join <laughs> I was like yeah he'll join instantly he shifted two gears and launched he attacked <laughs> now there's another punjabi guy who's going to sit a bike singh has popped off he's gone long gone he one bottle one gel no he wasn't going to last he's gone he's cramped and he went away now i have one uh, karnataka guy one maharashtra guy neither of them are working and now one punjabi guy is with me and one punjabi guy is down the road ahead. punjabi guy is not chasing these two are not chasing but i had to go and chase it the moment i caught hashveer next guy goes i'm like oh no this the is how this is going to this is how it's going to be now they have the advantage of having two guys in the break they can just literally technically what they were doing was they were the only two working so why should they work and drag all of us along i'm not working she's coming these two boys didn't want to work anyway so why should they work and drag us along so they can attack attack pop me and then they're tting it to the finish that's it that that's what they should exactly, be doing yeah yeah so they kept countering and i chased it down and then counter and then at that point it's just taking i felt good up um, up until that point when i had to chase their attacks they did two or three attacks and then i was like okay bro i'll work for you i'll work i'll work <laughs> so i i didn't like put a full effort but i would take the pulls and not like even if you don't do a full effort you just pull through do 5 6 seconds in the front and come to the back that 5 6 seconds makes a difference for them and it keeps the line smooth mm. like if you were to drop out right the guy coming finishing his turn has to surge to close that because he expects expects you to close that gap exactly. he expects yeah. you to be the guy that he follows now if you pop off and ask him to go in front of you he has to surge and close that and like mor- morally it's going to like if i was someone who was doing that to me i would have got pissed off i would like yeah i'll attack and go so i could I completely see it from their point of view so what i did was i did 5 10 seconds like easy push just to keep the line going smooth just, just so that they wouldn't attack me as that was very tired i was like ah i can't do this then one rajasthan guy joined us from somewhere and then he started attacking and going punjabis aren't chasing this i know why i had to chase that again so i'm just popping any single match that i have i'm just losing losing i'm just like praying shri where are you cuz like this is all happening within 8 km stretch okay so i haven't seen the next u turn yet mm. come up to the next u turn 
I don't see Shri. He's back in the peloton. Peloton's caught him again. I'm like, oh no, Shri's not coming now. And it's about one and a half to two minutes is what the gap is at. So now I'm like, oh, okay, now I have to deal with these guys. They're going to keep attacking. So I settled back down. Again, attack, couldn't follow. Then like I was asking, so we were in the break. So we got our coaches with food and nutrition and everything to come. And like I asked for water and then I was puking because like just the effort, the heat, I was just dead. And then I slowly started fading off the break with two laps to go. Two laps to go, I'm fading off the break. And from Each the lap was... Uh, eight something kilometers. Yeah, okay. So yeah. seven laps in total, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So two laps to go. So one more complete one and then one final one. Two laps to go, I, I'm i like, fuck. I'm about to like pop, like head is getting like sort of lightheaded, head is hurting, I'm throwing up, legs are cramping everywhere. And then from the back, I hear... Joel, come! And I look and she's there with Arvind, Arvind Panwar, Sudarshan and one Goa guy. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Immediately join them. And then these guys are up, like the guys who I was with in the break, the Punjabis, the Rajasthani and then that one Karnataka guy. They're about 10-15 seconds down the road. So immediately joined back and I told them, guys, I need some rest. I'm going to skip turns. They're like, no worries. So those three were just working. Arvind, Sudarshan and Shri. Just working, working, working. We did chase, chase, chase. They chased. Caught up back to the break. Now this break is this huge... I don't know how many people were there. But yeah, again, I sat at the back for a bit. Blah, blah, blah. Then we reached the... Uh, U-turn on the other end. Other end of the start finish. And then we timed the gap to the peloton. It was like a minute. So the, the gap is coming down. Like a minute, just over a minute. Then Arvind was like work everybody needs to work now so again i went back in started rotating turns she does the normal thing he's like i will take the uphills someone else please take the downhills <laughs> he's 53 kilos like, <laughs> he's useless downhill. Yeah, like someone else please take it he's like i'll take all the uphills i don't care i'll take it all please take the downhills so like that was the normal thing so i took i took the downhills Arvind took down. she took all the ups like and she was going hard like, I'll give you a perspective. Srinath is 53 kilos, 53, 54 kilos. Arvind is about 69, 70. Naveen, 70, 71. All three of them average the same power for the road race. <laughs> so that's wow. how hard Srinath rode. Wow. Yeah, you cannot take anything away from his effort. Uh, but yeah, I averaged the highest power of the race because I was suffering. Uh, but the, anyway, that's besides the point. So I'm like, right now at this point, every, they're telling me to work. I don't know whether I can. I'm cramping. The moment like I try and take a rest, butt was hurting, back was hurting. Because there's only so much time you can spend in a super aero position before everything stops, starts hurting. Right. And when I tried and rest, the legs would just lock up completely. First of all, I, my nutrition strategy has gone out the window because I don't have the gels. I've donated everything. I'm drinking plain water instead of electrolytes. So then I gave my bottle to Sudarshan. I'm like, bro, this is better. For-. He asked, can I have a bottle? I was like, yeah, please take it. You're going to do some work. Please take it. I'm not going to, there's no use. If I drink it, I'm going to throw it back up. Right. So <laughs> he took it. And then like, I, at that point, I didn't have anything. I was just drinking plain water. And then we reached the final lap. And then we're coming through and then we can see the peloton coming as well on the other side. It was under a minute. And then uh, Arvind was like, push, like hard. He said, go hard. He's like, Joel, go. So then like I went through, I did the effort up the climb. And then immediately when I flicked through, just threw up everything. My, like, I, it's just like the weirdest cramp I felt. My jaw cramped, my neck cramped, my chest cramped, and then my stomach cramped. Obliques cramped, legs cramped, oh. and then at a point my arms just locked up. I was like, 
at this point i i can't do anything i'm not able to everything is just locked up i cramped completely i don't know whether how much nutrition i had left in my body i clamped completely i just couldn't put out another pedal stroke this is one lap to go everybody's like ah 13 kilometers more you can finish no i couldn't do one meter more i would have probably fallen down i didn't mention this but like two laps prior to that when i was feeling dizzy before shrinath came and joined us there was a point where there's a little bit of gravel on the road like and i just my head was hurting i looked down closed my eyes i looked back up i am in the gravel i lost the front Ooh. end the back skid i was like i saw a bush i was going straight for the bush and then snapped out of it was able to control and come back in 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 the line crazy uh, <laughs> so dangerous yeah i was i was pushing myself to like past what i could do because i can't heat is something yeah. that i can't ride at and that distance and the effort also was quite hard and actually the effort wasn't anything but when you combine everything together the effort was hard in yeah. those circumstances like those uh, weather conditions and then i cramped completely and then we had our tamil nadu team like cheering and then the surya who's bindya's uh, husband was on the other side with his camera and then he saw me coming he's like go why are you coming back like i turned immediately we just crossed the u turn i just it's like a descent right so i'm not putting out any power i just turned the bike and started going back the opposite direction because <laughs> i saw the breakaway like the group was going i couldn't catch them nothing and then they're calling and like they they can see me coming back and then they bindya and andani they're calling and saying ask him to go back ask him to go back like what's why is he coming back because it's the final lap yeah. i'm in the race winning move and just as i'm like fading i see two people brush past me navin with krishna on his wheel <laughs> and i the moment i saw krishna i like i was like ah oh, shoot he is the best sprinter in the country exactly, right now exactly yeah his position you can put him side by side with cavendish and caleb ewan position looks very similar yeah. he's about 58 59 kilos i've seen his garmin files i have seen 1600 watts as max power in one of his races i've seen it like right. physically on his phone he showed yeah. it to me yeah. to him it like he doesn't understand what it means to me i was like whoa you have yeah. a sprint of 1600 watts okay. at 60 something kilos that's insane but like yeah i saw that and i was like shoot like the, the it's him it's his race to win like krishna's race to win mm. and then that's when i came back and then i like cooled down i crammed the people massaged me and then like okay now is 8 kilometers out 8 kilometers back so there's a bit of time before they come back so then um, i knew navin and krishna were joined and then i didn't know what happened after that then you see the lead vehicle zoom past now everybody comes out of their tents onto the barriers and now who's going to come first and then you're looking looking i'm sitting because i was fully cramped right and then somebody shouts Shrinath is in the front. I immediately jump out and run to the barrier. At this point, I'm in my bib shorts, barefoot, t-shirt, jersey is off. I'm just in my bib shorts and I run to the barriers. And like, you've seen the videos. I'm sure everybody's seen the videos. It's a descent finish. And like, you climb this thing and then it's a descent. And then like, it's flat for about 50 meters and it's the finish line. So whoever, like we saw the girls race the day before, whoever comes down that descent first, has the biggest advantage right. and then when someone said shrinath is in the front and i saw shrinath in the front i got ran to the barrier and saw shrinath there it was like when he passed us he was half a bike length ahead of everybody yeah. but in the next 40 meters arvind came from somewhere course. arvind came from somewhere harshir came from i think he came from the peloton only from the video. <laughs> it was so just, fast the just, turn of speed was oh, incredible he wasn't in his drops by the way yeah he was in his hoods <laughs> crazy he was in his hoods and he just went zoom 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 and he's in the front 
all of that in the span of three seconds. Like three seconds. Yeah. Maximum two or three seconds. Because yeah. when he crossed us, we're shouting shree, shree, shree. And then we look at the finish line. We have no idea who's won because perspective changes, yeah. right? Then I was like, but I knew Shree was in the front. And he, I didn't see Krishna. Naveen was at the back. Krishna was at the back. Like we, in that moment, Shree is in the front. Whether first second, it doesn't matter. Shree has just, like, in that group, if you look at the top contenders, he was the least likely to win. Yeah. Arvind has won before. Naveen has won before. Harshveer is twice Shree's weight and yeah. has won on the track before. Krishna has one of the most insane sprints in the country. Yeah. Where is Srinath? He's a 53 kilo rider. You put him on Kalati, he'll beat all of them twice. Right. But it's a descent sprint finish. Yeah. All the odds are stacked against him. And he loses by half a bike length. That's how close it was. It he, was... Lo- he lost second. By I saw it was a photo finish for second. They literally said, come and see. Have a representative come and look at the photo. Because, you know, it needs to be fair and everything. And they zoomed in on the camera. It was like... Yeah, this much it was very very it was close. so close yeah. I like I just it was like this I don't know he could have got second but still him being in the top three it just meant everything to us and it is you know I, I have I have known this you've guy you've coached him for I, before right yeah I've coached him before I've known the guy yeah. for years yeah and he's one of the most hardworking yeah, guys for sure. and most humble guy. Yeah. And no one deserves, you know, something like that more than him. Right? He rode out of his mind. You know, this. this I'll, I'll just put some more perspective in this. Uh, he took, I don't know how many gels with him. Five gels maybe. And this is what, this is how many gels he had at the end of the race in his pocket. Four. What? He took five gels at the start of the race. He came back and finished the race with four gels in his pocket. And where did the one gel go? My stomach. <laughs> <laughs> On the break when we were together, I like Shri, I see a gel in your pocket. Give it to me. I need gels. I took the gels. He didn't eat. Wow. He didn't he didn't even take feed. We had feed. We had Sangeeta with bottles. He didn't take any of the feed. He just had the bottles on his bike and I don't know whether he exchanged somewhere. He didn't collect feed. He did not eat his gels. It is insane how much out of his mind he wrote. It was unbelievable. Maybe maybe it's those gels that cost him the gold. (laughs) (laughs) Weight. (laughs) Carrying excess weight. Could have given them all to me. Why keep them there? You're not going to eat them. Uh, But it was uh, great, man. Insane. Insane. Oh, this is this is super fun, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, you know sharing all those experiences. Like you know, I could see the uh, race in front of my eyes. Yeah. So it's insane. I wish that was actually a possibility that they televised it and you know people could watch because it was exciting. No, we he still you know I I wish that day would come, but still with all the guys there, we were getting constant updates yeah. live. Uh, feed and yeah. all that so it was it it was it we were living those you know? My, on the whatsapp group i was <laughs> I, I i got the update that you know you were in the break and then she joined yeah. and all that was like we yes. were like virtually <laughs> at the edge of our seats you know trying to get uh, yeah when i feed. flew there my parents were like keep me updated i was like sorry not gonna happen i don't have time for this yeah. and then i gave surya bindya's husband's instagram I was like please follow him he'll update everything and he was <laughs> posting everything that he could i told him bro post everybody is like my family everyone who's abroad everyone is just looking at your instagram for updates post and he posted everything he posted the break posted the gap posted pictures posted everything so like 
it was nice that people were able to follow yeah. like that and there were many people doing and yeah. i know anish was doing it correct, and correct. Uh, yeah so it was great so lovely i i am i am sure that more and more uh, races are going to you know get as exciting as yeah. this and uh, congrats to you Thank for you. your medal congrats to shri yeah. i am waiting to make that happen you know shri uh, you know putting shri yeah, on the podcast he's a busy man <laughs> i know i know <laughs> we've been trying man. for a long time yeah. and it's it's not happen uh, happening yet but it is, it will soon happen yeah so what next uh nationals last yeah. week of december yeah, yeah yeah getting 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 everything ready for that uh just started back into into it took like a semi week break mm. uh just got back into proper intervals training today actually uh but yeah nationals is up next let's see what happens there it's a uh, rumored to be in maharashtra don't know the exact date we've got a notification that says last week of december in maharashtra true, true yeah. so uh, Uh, yeah hoping to drive there this time will make life easier in terms of having a vehicle having not worrying about oh am i 100 grams over in weight yeah we can just take whatever we want so let's see hopefully things pan out well yeah all the best thank you thank you very much yeah and uh, thanks again for taking the time thank you thank you that was my conversation with joel I hope you enjoyed that. If you are enjoying these podcasts and finding them useful, please consider subscribing to the channel and supporting the podcast. You can subscribe to the channel on YouTube as well as on your favorite podcasting app. It really helps. Thanks again for your continuous support. See you next week with another guest. Mm-hmm.